Monday. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. Y'all, I just happily ever after. Woo! It's going to be a long season. Anyways, you guys, we're covering uh, 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, Season 7, Episode 3, Don't Take Me For Granted. Housekeeping, bottom of the show, you can see where you can support the show uh, through PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, Linda So Girly. We also have... Um, Super chat and super stickers and super thanks available through YouTube. Please feel free to holla. All right, you guys, we're going to start off with Kimberly. Now, as you may or may not know, I I find it just this whole thing kind of crazy. I feel like Usman has a secret agenda and it's not so secret because we all know what he wants to be an international superstar and come to America. Didn't work with wife number one. Now he's going to have wife number two, plus he's going to have wife number three, who's really going to be the person that he wants to be with. Right. So Kim is packing for Nigeria. You know, she's ready to meet his family, which I think is totally interesting because his mom must just be sick of him. Like you just keep bringing these foreign women over. You keep asking for blessings. And then what, like how many blessings can I really give you? Right. So she's off on her 25 hour flight to Nigeria to meet up with Usman. And, you know, she's not sure what the future holds because if they don't get the blessing from the mom, then, you know, they can't get married. But Usman is hoping that I went through the episode in 20 minutes. I felt like I fast forwarded through everyone. Crystal says, hey, Crystal, hey, girl, hey. So Usman's ultimate plan is this. He knows his mom is going to be like, you know, you're an idiot. You've been here, done that. I'm not giving any type of blessing. So his whole plan is he's going to go ahead and tell his mom, oh, I'm going to get a younger, beautiful Nigerian woman to be my second wife to bear my children. And this is just going to be wife number one. And wife number one really is just about the green card. So I'm hoping that you'll give the blessing because, you know, I'm trying to be an international superstar. And in order to do that, I need to get to America. And she's willing to marry me so that I can get there. So that's his plan. Now, meanwhile, uh, her son, Jamal, that is kind of like a become a fan favorite is driving her to the airport and, you know, she's like, you know, have you heard Usman's music before? No, he hasn't. None of us have. Does he even have a full album? We've just seen the songs we've seen on TV and we realize the only reason we've heard those songs is because he's on our 90 day fiance screens and they force it down our throats. Not only do they force it down our throats, you guys, but the marketing that this fool does nonstop where she only ever wears on the show, Usman shorts, shirts that USB or a picture of Usman and he wears a picture of himself on his, like, we get it. We get it. You're promoting your music career. I don't need another episode. I don't need another season for you to tell me. I get it. I get it. And you know, I'm not mad at it. Do you be, be opportunistic, do your thing, but you don't need to shove it down my throat every five seconds. Like I get it. 
You want to be an international superstar. You're Usman, a.k.a. Soldier Boy, a.k.a., 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 a.k.a. I get it. I get it. You tell us every single day. <sighs> so Jamal hears his music. He's not super impressed by it. And, I mean, he's not wrong, right? Like, for some reason, Soldier Boy... Uh, if you guys remember the last episode, he compares himself to Michael Jackson. And I just say, you know, Michael Jackson. Hey, Sly Cat. Hey, girl. Hey. <clears throat> I don't remember Michael Jackson heavily using autotune. So, like, I'm not sure how we're comparing the two. But, okay. <laughs> Hey, Vanessa. <laughs> so Jamal's taking his mom to the airport. He really doesn't want her to propose immediately. He wants to like suss out the situation, which, you know, I really feel like she should listen to her son because he is definitely the voice of logic and, you know, knows that his mom has a big heart. She falls head over heels, you know, very quickly over men. And then she gets hurt and, you know, she he's seeing a pattern. And although he wants her to be happy, he also wants her to be smart. And we all want you to be smart, Kimberly. We want you to be smart. Look at the situation for what it is. And and I I get it, right? Like if, if this was Drake and I was flying out to see Drake, I probably wouldn't be thinking clearly. Do you know what I mean? Drake could be with like 10 other women and I'd be like, um, okay, well, I'll see you, you know, in 20 hours. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be thinking clearly. I would be, but I wouldn't be just for the sake of this argument. So I get that she's not really thinking clearly because she she's coming off of the mentality of being a super fan and not the mentality of, hey, this is someone I'm supposed to be in a long-term relationship with. This is someone that's supposed to be, you know, my hus future husband. Like no dude that no dude is about to tell me that I'm his potential girlfriend. Like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Hey, you're in the top 10. I don't know what that means. Is that a good thing? Or is that something else? Are you guys talking about something that I missed? I don't know. So <clears throat> let's continue on. I'll come back to I'll come back to this. So then Soldier Boy, aka Usman, is driving, which I thought was fascinating because you know, we never actually see the the native person drive so he was actually driving his own car you guys i was shocked i was shocked there was no like car service none of that he was actually driving himself to the airport to pick up kimberly and um you know he's so he says he's excited to see her right and they're gonna spend a couple of days in abuja uh in a hotel and then they're going to have some fun. Oh, I'm top 10 of Drake's ladies. Yes, of course. That's what it is. Chantel has, has bumped me from number one. <laughs> so. <laughs> he's super excited and he's proud of himself. Now, can you imagine your alleged girlfriend slash future wife is coming to visit you and 
you've actually booked the same hotel room because men and women should have sex. I mean, who talks like that? Honestly, who talks like that? Who talks like that? It doesn't even make sense, right? So you're talking about how you're so proud of yourself. You're tapping yourself on the shoulder because you only booked one room so that the two of you could stay together, but then you don't have sex. And also you're contemplating whether you even want to kiss her when you see her. Like the whole thing is just ridiculous. You know what, Crystal, whatever. (laughs) So he says he's happy, excited to see her. Again, he's not sure if he's going to kiss her. If he sees too many people around, he doesn't know if he can do that. Now, let's just take that for what it is, you guys. Your future husband, your future partner hasn't seen you in a very long time right? Very long time. And if they really actually do love you, of course, you're going to see each other, you're going to embrace, you're going to kiss. But he's already thinking in his mind that if there's too many people around, then he doesn't want to kiss her. And I get, you know, the whole, his whole religious background comes into play and all of that stuff. But nah, fool. That's like, nah. Just no. Crystal is on a roll. You guys, I can't even tell you the things that she's saying in the live chat. I am ignoring them. I will never be the fifth wife. I will be the one and only wife, period. Crystal. Okay, so... (laughs) Usman thinks that their future is in conflict because, you know, his family has to make sure that there's the blessing and And it's always about the blessing and we've been there, done that. I'm kind of over it, but whatever. And he's worried because, you know, he needs to have kids and he wants to make sure that when the time is right and he finds a second wife uh, for one and two kids, that she's going to be, Kimberly's going to be actually okay with it, which she's not, you guys. She's absolutely not okay with it. This whole situation is ridiculous. And I'm going to have a whole season of her acting like she actually wants to be the first wife, but she really just wants to be the only wife. So again, I'm stuck in the seeking, stuck in the seeking sister wife vortex of nonsense. Why say you're you're okay with something when really you're not okay with it? Do you know what I mean? And so then all we have to do is hear you guys argue about something that you already told him he could do. Do you know what I mean? Y'all are you guys want to share a penis? Then share the penis and don't act like. You're all brand new about it. You said that it was okay for your man to go out and dilly-dally, have a second wife and have kids, and you were cool with that. And now you're you're bringing up all these issues because, again, it's about your own insecurities and about you agreeing to do something that you really don't want to do just because you want to be with this man who doesn't even want to really be with you. It's outrageous to me. It's outrageous. So he already knows that Kimberly is like saying that she's okay with it, but he's not really sure that she is because she's not. Okay. Everyone in the live chat, I'm going to tell you this just one time. Sly Cat, Crystal, Vanessa, who are all acting up right now. If I was with Drake, I would be the only person with Drake. I wouldn't be the favorite wife, the second wife, the fifth wife. I wouldn't come behind uh, strippers. Okay. Okay. 
Y'all should know better by now. <sighs> okay. Back to the show. So the whole issue is having this second wife, right? And the second wife, either you agree to it or you don't agree to it. But don't say you agree to it if you don't really agree to it, because I personally don't want to hear you jibber jabbering for the whole season and fighting and throwing drinks and being upset and being insecure because he's actually contemplating it. Because honestly, he doesn't really want to be with you. He's using you to come to America to further his so-called international superstar singing. And I use that very loosely career. Oh my God, I just cannot with you guys. <laughs> so, Soldier Boy's like, you know, I need to be sure that she's okay with it because that's the only way we're really going to get my mom's blessing or my family's blessing. And so, he's off to the airport, you guys. And he's off to the airport and he thinks he's doing something. He's like, yeah, you know, I also got her some presents because, you know, she's always bringing him things. This fool, y'all. This fool brought two cheap dollar store stuffed animals for a 50-something-year-old woman. Those were his gifts. He went to the dollar store, and there may not be dollar stores. They're, they're open market in Nigeria, but you get my point. Bought the cheapest stuffed animals that he could find and said, these are the gifts. Now, let's not forget the gifts that Kimberly has been bringing him. Not only does she spend every last second and every last dime on T-shirts and silk screening his face on, on T-shirts so that she can wear T-shirts of Usman every single day. I mean, I think she has over 100 of these T-shirts of just Usman's face or Usman across her shirt, whatever. Not only that, but she bought him a PS5 and a MacBook. And you're coming with these $2.99 stuffed animals? Come on now. Stop it. Just stop it. He could have come, he could have picked some flowers for free. Facts. Facts. And the flowers would have been better looking than these two raggedy ass stuffed animals. Ridiculous. Oh, Lord, you guys. And he thought he was doing something. He thought he was doing something. And you want to know why? Because I bet he got a ton of flack from last season when everyone's like, oh, this woman just spent thousands of dollars on him. And he had the audacity to be this rude to her and the audacity to call his girlfriend while this woman was on a trip. The audacity to be screaming in her face. Let me do a little something. Let me show you that I'm an international superstar. And don't forget, you guys, if you follow him on social media, Last year, he's trying to put out the receipts to show that he was, like, making millions of dollars through Cameo. Do you guys remember that whole situation when he did that last year? He, like, posted his receipts about how much money he's making. If you're making – and that he, like, built a new house. He bought a new car. So if you're flossing like that and you got it like that, how dare you come with these two ninety nine stuffed animals after this woman bought you all these gifts? Facts. It would have been better for him to not give a gift. And Stevie says, that's all he can afford. Ain't no royalties coming in. No royalties because he ain't signed to no one. Wasn't he supposed to be going on tour in the UK? What happened to that? I'm convinced. 
y'all that there's something going on that he can't travel. And I know that there are all these like these bans and stuff on on Nigerian travel and all this stuff, but there's something about him. There's a reason why he's not traveling anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something that doesn't sit right after all these years. You ain't left the continent. Why is that? <sighs> Ridiculous. So he sees her. He's showing her the stuffed animals. They like run to each other. They hug. They actually take their mask down and he actually kisses her on the mouth, which. <clears throat> The tour got canceled last minute. Olivia had tickets. <laughs> Not only did Olivia have t tickets, Olivia tried to find him another venue. She was going to have him, instead of uh, performing at, uh, what is it? The U U2 Stadium. She was going to have him perform at all her local pubs. She actually had a vendor, everything. She knew, like, a guy who's a uh, promoter. She was going to put Soldier Boy up on it, you know. He just had to sing, like, two, three songs at each venue. He would have gotten all the beer he wanted for free. I mean, come on now. He just needed to get himself to the UK. <sighs> all right, then. So <clears throat> they kiss, which, you know, is probably the only signs of affection we're going to see with these two this season in my opinion because the other thing that i know i'm jumping ahead but the simple fact that if i was in a long distance relationship okay and i fly 25 hours to see my my partner and you're going to tell me that y'all ordered champagne and food and fell asleep there was no quote-unquote yammy because you were too tired who does that who does that? I just don't even, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe you two are in a loving relationship. I don't think you two are attracted to each other. And that's why you guys are never having sex. And that's why he never wants to kiss you. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But I'm not seeing that romantic vibe at all. Like at all. So, you know, you tell me, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I just don't see it. I don't see it. So anyways, um, they're holding hands, driving back from the airport. Everything's supposed to be, you know, lovely dovey. And, um, you know, they're going to spend a couple of days just having fun in Abuja. And then they're going to go to uh, Sokoto, where his family is, to deal with, like, the blessings and meeting the family and introducing him to his mom and introducing her to his mom and his brothers and all of that stuff. And... Um, she wants to make sure that it's going to be okay. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a battle, but between the two of us, like, we'll make it happen. Right. So they get to the air, to the hotel. And did you guys notice that the hotel was called, um, Bon Hotel Elvis? Okay. Sounds, sounds five star to me. Sounds five star to me. So 
they get to their hotel room. She's excited that they're sharing a room, which again, to me, it's just so weird that that's, it's like the little things, I guess you think are, should be just regular couple stuff that she gets excited about because it's not a regular relationship. So she thinks that that's a big deal. She of course bought him some gifts, but this time she didn't go all crazy about it. Um, she got him a shirt with the couple on them as she's wearing a shirt with Usman's name on it and a bracelet. His bracelet is king. Her bracelet is queen. I mean, okay. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. So I personally think that Kimberly's love language is gift giving and, you know, receiving gifts and, and whatnot. And Usman loves that, right? Because Usman, in my opinion, is an opportunist and the opportunist is going to get the opportunity wherever he can get the opportunity. And if that means that he's going to get gifts all the time or money or trinkets or whatever the case may be, then he's going to go for it. So it works out for his benefit. Not sure if it really works out for Kimberly's benefit. Um, and the simple fact that she feels like she always has to announce to the world by wearing a shirt with his face on it. I, I don't know. It says something about the whole relationship to me. So anyways, the next day they're going go-karting. And again, we're still talking about the blessings from the mom. And are you ready to go to uh, Sokoto to get the blessings? Yes, she's ready, but she's not really, really ready. And she wants to talk about a few things. And she wrote a list of questions on her way to Nigeria. And one of the things she wants to talk about is the second wife, right? So she wants to make sure that where's the second wife going to live? Is she going to live in, you know, somewhere far away? She doesn't ever want to see the second wife in real life. Doesn't want to be around her. Doesn't want to be in the same city doesn't want to just ever see her face because she's not a sister wife. And Kimberly feels that she has every right to say where the second wife can and cannot live. And he's like, well, no, she's going to live here in my home city. And uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Sokoto in the house that he built there. And what, are you not going to come to Nigeria and live in that house too, and us all be a happy family. He's like, what are you even talking about? He's like, come on now, like you're sharing the same penis. So I don't understand what the issue is, which is absolutely true, right? He's saying, you already said it was okay for me to have a second wife. You already know that she's going to be younger and she's going to bear at least one or two children for me because that's what I, I want. So why would we not all stay up in the same house? Like, that's how we do it here. That's how we roll. And you said you were okay with it. So what's your issue again right now? Like, what's the problem? And you think as the first wife, you can dictate where this woman's going to live, who she sees, when she sees sees me. Now, I know that there was a whole issue about what she said next. So Kimberly goes on to say that she's upset about this. She doesn't want to have that mental image in her head. She says she feels like he's not taking this seriously. And if he's sleeping, his, her exact words are, if he's sleeping with another woman while she, meaning Kimberly, 
is in Abuja, which where they are right now. She's going to make him bleach his penis every time he comes near her after that. Okay. Now there's a couple of things going on with this, right? So my take on this is, number one, don't say that you're open to having a second wife if you're not really open to having a second wife. Number two, as the foreigner and American, what you're not about to do is dictate who and what and where this second wife is and where she lives and how she interacts with her husband. You've already said it's okay to have a second wife. What you're not about to do is make the second wife feel like she's a second class citizen. You agree to it. You made this decision. You decided that you were going to share your penis. So you have to be okay with it. And the fact that you can't have kids and the fact that perhaps his decision to have a Nigerian wife who's the same culture as him and have babies with her. You knew that coming into it, but you decided that that you were okay with it. So you're either okay with it or you're not okay with it. Now, when you're saying that if he's going to have to come near you, you're going to make him quote unquote bleach his penis. Like, first of all, just fuck off right? That doesn't even make any sense. You're a grown-ass woman. No one's bleaching anything. You make, that just doesn't sound, it doesn't sound sane, right? And so we're all grown adults here. We know that that's not a thing. So why say that as a thing? Because you're like an elder. So speak with knowledge, speak with wisdom. That doesn't even make any sense. So if you're going to be upset that he's having sex with his second wife, then again, why did you agree to be a sister wife? If you're not for it, then don't be for it. And let's also have some common sense, right? Y'all ain't having sex. He's having sex somewhere. Don't tell me no grown man who's single right now is not having sex. He's having sex in front of your face. He's calling his girlfriend in front of your face. And you're having an issue and saying that he's going to have to bleach himself before he gets with you. Listen. You traveled 25 hours and he didn't have sex with you on that first night. He ain't craving you. He He's not like, oh my God, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. He's not, you know what I mean? I was going to say a bunch of other stuff that is not PG. All I'm saying is that someone who's not having sex and meets their partner finally after so long, y'all are having sex immediately, if not sooner. What you're not about to do is just fall asleep and cuddle, order food and be like, hey, let's go go-karting the next day. Ooh, oh, woe is us. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. So there's that part. Now, if you're reading more into the whole bleaching his penis thing and the fact that she is American and talking about, you know, Nigerian women, you could read it that way. I didn't read it that way. I personally think that she's just insecure and she knows that she's older. She knows she's not really getting the yammy yammy from him. And so she's upset about that because he's talking about how he's going to have kids with someone else and she's really not okay with that. That's it. That's it. That's all. Now they go on to talk about their sex life, which 
to me is non-existent. I didn't see it. The only thing I've ever seen them do is kiss this episode. And that was at the airport. That's it. I have not seen anything else. Yeah, they're holding hands more. Ooh, okay. But that like passion is not there. I don't see it. That like lovers, I haven't seen my lover in a long time. I don't see it. But yet they sit there and they're like talking about how they have a bunch of nicknames for their sex life. So it's yummy. Um, it's fertilizer. It It is African ingredient. Powerball, I think he said. And I was like, mm, you're saying all that, but you know, what is the saying? Thou that protests too much. You're saying all the things, but you're actually not doing the actions. So again, I take you to the fact that they had no sex and they had no sex the last trip she was there and they had no sex in Zanzibar. So okay. I believe it when I see it. Right, Lori? That whole scene seems sketchy all the way around. Facts, Lori. Facts. Sketchy as fuck. <clears throat> and I do want to say this, just for the record, by the way. This whole, like, are we going to just have the same storyline? So the same storyline, like, just sub out. Kimberly and throwing baby girl Lisa. It's the same storyline. You go to Nigeria. You're an older white woman. You have to get his blessings. You guys are going to fight. You guys are not having sex because he's not really attracted to you. You're buying him gifts. He's having an attitude. All he ever talks about is his music. He sings about his music. He looks at himself in the, the mirror 24-7. You fight some more. You throw a drink on him. And then that's it. Like, we've been there, done that. I've seen this this season already and the season just started and then the same thing i'm going to talk about with jenny and submit like i don't even have a ton of notes on jenny and submit because it's the same argument for the last 10 years so jenny's still mad at submit because submit is always going to choose his family over her and he did again so she wakes up angry he wakes up angry he's like well do you want to go for a walk because we'll you know walk off the stress and <clears throat> He's like, you know, I want to make sure that I always have a relationship with my family. And, you know, I fought so much with them over the years. Yes, you did. And we've all seen it. It's the same storyline. And so <clears throat> Jenny's like, you know, I just, I'm really worried that I don't want you to choose them over me. You know, I'll be brokenhearted over that. It's been over 10 years. Yes, Jenny, it's been over 10 years. Why are we still having this discussion? Why are you surprised? Why are you angry? Your man ain't shit. He ain't been about shit. When I saw the preview that he wants to actually get a job, I was like, oh. Oh. You're going to work all of a sudden? We haven't seen you work in 10 years. <laughs> Anyways, it's been over 10 years. And his first duty is to comfort his parents, he says. In 2022... He's still saying his first duty is to cover his, to comfort his parents. And so he was expecting more from Jenny. <clears throat> Jenny's job is to support him and comfort him. And I was like, well, what is your job? You, you don't work. You never support your wife. You never back up your wife. 
your mom and your sister-in-law were just bullying her and body shaming her and you didn't do shit last episode. And now you want her to support you after you walk onto her and you don't give a shit about her feelings. All you care about is what your family thinks and your mama crying. Come on now. Like what? Wait, what? Her job is to support you. She already supports you. Y'all live off her social security. You ain't got no job. like, come on. Again, I say this on Seeking Sister Wife, and I'm going to say this this season on Happily Ever Ever. What is the prize here? Like, Jenny, what is the prize? What are you getting out of this? He better be laying it down thick and good in every single day, because I don't see what the prize is. I see a bunch of hassle, and I see year after year after year that he doesn't choose you to your face, and you still stand beside him. So she apologizes to him for getting angry at him, which I thought was a, a whack move. Like, no, be angry, Jenny. You deserve to be angry. You've been having the same exact fight for 10 years and he's never choosing you. He's never choosing you. He may have married you, but he hasn't chosen you. He says, and this is the thing that got me, okay? How long have we seen this going on, you guys? How long? How long have we seen these two have the same argument? How long? It's been years. Every single season since we met them, same argument. He's choosing his family. She's too old. He's choosing his family. She's too old. And he literally said this episode that he's torn. Either he's going to make himself happy or his family happy. You're torn still? So let me get this straight. You've been with Jenny on and off for 10 years. You catfished her. You lied to her face over and over again. You got married behind her back. You told her you would marry her for years and didn't. And you finally married her. You guys haven't even been married for one year. And you're going to sit here and say that you're torn between your own happiness and the happiness of your family. If you're still torn, A, you shouldn't have gotten married. B, you shouldn't have gotten married. C, you should stop lying to Jenny and be honest with her and your feelings. Okay. D, you shouldn't have gotten married. Okay, I think I made my point. So he's like, you know, in Indian culture, the family support is everything. And he's going to try to keep connecting with them. Uh, But for now, he's just going to leave it alone and see what happens. And Jenny's like, well, you know, he needs to decide between his parents and their happiness because she's in that country by herself. And he's her husband. She's his wife. And he needs to behave like he's her husband. And I'll say this to you, Jenny. Jenny, he's never behaved like he's your husband. He's never supported you like he's your husband. And why would you think anything would change? You married your catfish. That's it. That's it. All right. 
those of you guys that watch my show, you guys know that I cuss here and there, but I'm not like a big cusser. But I'm going to tell you, and I think I told you this before the season started, that when it comes to Angela and Ed, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. So that's my disclaimer. And if you see my notes here, literally it says Angela F this bitch. Now that might make me biased and I'm okay with that. I'm allowed to have my opinion. I think that this woman is so nasty. I think she's nasty. I think everything that comes out of her mouth is nasty. I think she's a bully. I think she thinks she's better than she is. I think she thinks she looks better than she does. And I need her to take several seats. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> do my little review on her section. Um, but just know that that's where I'm coming from. I think she's a terrible individual. I think she should go get therapy. I think that she should stop being a bully to everyone. And I think she should stop thinking that she's this big international superstar that she's not. You're on a reality show and you're on that show because you've been a bully. But we've been through a pandemic for the last two, three years. We're not, we are not taking abuse. Okay. We've all reevaluated our lives. We've all thought about what's important to us. We all realize that life is short. What we're not about to do is sit here and have this toxic as fuck woman just be spewing hate into our universe. We're over it. It was maybe funny in the beginning. Now it's just, it's old news. It's old news. So she's taking yoga for the first time. And even that she does so ridiculously. So if you know anything about yoga, and by the way, uh, I did an exclusive interview with Danielle from 90 Day Fiance, Love in Paradise. I released it last week to my Patreon subscribers only. I'm releasing it tomorrow to you guys on YouTube. So uh, that premiere is at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You should watch it because she'll, she'll, she taught, Danielle talks about the real yoga study the history behind yoga, et cetera, et cetera. So that being said, watching Angela take this fake yoga class where she's making all of these noises and fussing around and she's drinking Coke or soda because did you know that Angela has a whole fridge of just Coke? A whole fridge, like that's how much soda she drinks on a daily basis. So instead of bringing water and hydrating herself after yoga, if you've ever done a yoga class, she's drinking her soda in yoga. Have you heard of that before? Uh, thanks, Carol says, the Danielle interview was really interesting. Uh, Vanessa says the interview was another excellent one. Thank you guys. Yeah, we really had a good time. So uh, you guys should check it out when it gets released tomorrow for you, for you all. Um, so yeah, who goes to yoga and brings their soda with them? You're releasing toxins you're coming like you're getting your zen on just whatever angela you're just like a faker mcfaker so she's the worst in my opinion anyway she's stressed out she said because michael uh is scamming her and even though they've been married for the past two years they haven't seen each other in two years even though she applied for the spells of visa he still hasn't gotten the visa and so as they're waiting on this long distance relationship, she had the audacity, you guys, to say that because being in a long distance relationship was so hard, she put on weight. 
Now, I don't want to body shame anyone. Because that's not true. And I will say this. Even I, am st I'm still trying to fight the COVID 20 or 30, I feel like, just all whatever, right? So those two years, COVID, some of us put on weight, some people didn't put on weight. But what you're not about to do is tell me that you put on weight because of your long distance relationship with Michael. Because I saw when you went to Nigeria pre-COVID, I saw how you were after you came back from Nigeria. So like, let's not try to say and play the blame game on your long distance relationship with Michael. Okay. That's what we're not about to do. So because she said that she put on weight um, because of Michael and their long distance relationship, she had weight loss surgery as well as a breast reduction surgery. No, Angela, you did that on your own because you wanted to feel better about yourself and that's okay. You do what you have to do to feel better about yourself. The part that I'm not impressed with is the part where you're blaming other people for your own situation. So again, I do want to say this, like people do whatever you got to do to make yourself feel better. Nips, tucks, I'm all about it. Do you, boo. But that weight loss surgery is not going to last when you don't change your entire lifestyle. And what I saw from this episode, oh, all that soda you're drinking, that's pure sugar. And you drink gallons of it a day. Okay. I've already seen that you've put on some of the weight that you lost because I saw you on the tell-all versus I saw you filming for this episode. You, you don't look the same because you haven't changed your diet. You can't just have the weight loss surgery and think that you can go back to your old ways. So not only are you drinking like gallons of soda, but you're still also smoking. That weight is going to come all the way back. And then what are you going to say? Oh, Michael stressed you out. That's why you're smoking and, and, and drinking the way you're drinking and doing the lifestyle that you're doing. No, that's on you, Angela. That's on you. You don't change your lifestyle, then that weight weight loss surgery was for nothing. It really, that's it. That's it, right? Stevie, smoking and sugar. If you don't change your lifestyle, you don't change the way you live, then you did all that for nothing, period. <clears throat> Oh, I didn't know that. Lori just enlightened me. Soda also has carbonation, which stretches the stomach again. I had no idea. So there you go. So anyway, so she's doing all that. Um, and then she is complaining that Michael is upset that her boobs are smaller. So because her boobs are smaller, he quote unquote pulled away from her. And so now she's saying that he's doing shady shit, only calls about the visa or money. And thinks Michael now is scamming her. So after all this, after all the BS and everything that you've gone through with him, you married him, all the things you now think he's scamming you after you married him, you now think he's scamming you or, or, could it be that he's growing a backbone finally? Michael has never had a backbone against you. Not ever. You throw cake in his face. You push him around. You might as, you degrade him. You talk down to him. You stick your finger in his face. You cuss at him. You disrespect him. He can't even have 
social media without your blessings. You wouldn't even allow him to work. All of these things. And you now think he's scamming you because he's asking you for money. This fool didn't work because you were so jealous and insecure about yourself that he couldn't go outside and a girl look at him without you freaking out. Oh my God, just stop it. Just stop it. So now he's scamming you. You want to put that whole... Just like that whole stereotype on him. Like, I'm not for it. I'm just not for it. He hasn't come out looking like a scammer, but you want to twist the narrative now because you're mad. Okay. So my... She gets off of her yoga class. She calls some dude who's some Canadian guy who apparently you guys, I don't know who he is, but apparently he was like a big stripper back in the day. And he's got like millions of followers on TikTok, and he does dancing and the whole nine yards. I don't know who he is, but apparently he was really popular in the eighties and she met him on TikTok. And if you know anything about Angela, Angela's on TikTok like no tomorrow, but she does like these weird 1980s videos where she has like all this weird eighties graphics all over them hearts are flowing like you were in middle school and you, you know you put the like em heart emojis everywhere and you have like blue and pink backgrounds it's the weirdest thing you all should check it out it's like the weirdest thing i like someone needs to give her some social media lessons because she's seriously stuck in the 80s like if she thinks that shit is fire but anyway she's on tiktok all day long um she goes live on tiktok a lot more so than instagram and so uh she when she called this guy billy he's like oh you look so beautiful and they met through doing TikTok dances together apparently he's a painter she wanted to order one of his paintings and that's how they started talking um and now they talk like every day and he used to be one of the original used to be quote the original thief of hearts which was a stripper back in the 80s i don't know who he is he lives in canada but they talk all the time. They become very close. And she wants to go and visit him. And she she actually offers. She's like, what would you say if I, you know, wanted to come see you in Canada? And he's all for it. And she's like, you know, I've been having to find support in new people because Michael is ignoring me. And the thing is, Angela, with your shit attitude, I would be ignoring you too. Like, who wants to go through that verbal abuse all the time? It's It's toxic. It's toxic. No one wants to. No one wants to hear that every day. So I'm sure he's like calling you less and less. And so she's gonna go visit Billy, the stripper from Canada, uh, and jokes that you know she has to make sure she's ready. She's gonna be in a couple of weeks because she doesn't want to run out of dollar bills. Like that's her joke. Um, and then she gets off the phone, and you can see that she's still smoking. So she puts her cigarette down. She tells us that she's feeling lonely. Um, and my note is not very nice, but I don't care. So she gets into her dusty Nissan and she's like, I'm old, she says, and I don't have time like Michael does. And she's worried that she spent all her time on Michael. And I was like, Angela, you're 56 right now. You've been married for two years. So 54 when you got married. What what are you talking about? You wasted all this time on Michael. You were old when you met Michael. So what are you, like, why are we blaming Michael for everything? Like, just do you. 
if you felt like you wasted time on Michael, then you should have moved on a long time ago. What you should have actually done is not gone into a long distance relationship and find someone your own age in your own like mentality in Hazelhurst, Atlanta. Like why not, why not do that? Oh, because then you would have to take responsibility for your own actions. You would have to take responsibility for the fact that you're single because your attitude is shit. Got it. So Angela goes to see her lawyer because she's now convinced herself that Michael has been scamming her or is scamming her. So she wants to know what her um, choices are. And so she tells her lawyer that her marriage is in trouble because of his shady behavior. And yet she can't really actually verbalize what that shady behavior is. So he's not calling you as much anymore. He's not asking to see your boobs anymore. So that's shady behavior. Like what exactly is the shady behavior that is making your marriage in trouble? Someone explained it to me because she, she never said what it was, but she keeps feeding us this narrative that all of a sudden Michael is so shady. Michael is scamming her. Please explain to me. Explain to me what the shade is. Explain to me what the scam is. Because this fool, if, any of, if anyone deserves to come to America, is Michael. After all he's dealt with with this lady, after all that he's put up with and sacrificed. So she's talking to her lawyer. Her marriage is in trouble. Um, and listen to listen to what she's saying because again, she's a narcissist and she only thinks about herself and only cares about herself, and she thinks she's bigger than she is, and she thinks that she's a star. She says that lately he's not been proving he loves her, so he has to prove that he loves you by how being at your beck and call like he used to be, picking up the phone anytime you called, even though he's in a completely different time zone, not working because you won't allow it, not having social media because you won't allow it. Okay, so he's not proving that he loves her. And he hasn't told her that he loves her in five months. They haven't had phone sex, hasn't asked to see her boobs since her surgery. So that's how he is being shady, you guys. And the lawyer is like, you know, I don't give a fuck, is basically what he said. Angela confuses me with her therapist. I'm her lawyer. I don't give a rat's ass about your shitty ass phone sex life. I don't even care about your marriage. I'm just your lawyer. I'm doing your visa process and that's it. But if you want to come in here at my $100, $200, $500 hour rate and spill the beans to me, you can, but I don't, I don't care. I'm not taking it in and giving you advice. What he says to her instead is don't read too much into things. Don't read too much into things because you saying that your marriage is in trouble because of these things is ridiculous. We all see it. Your lawyer even sees it, but he's not going to say it to your face. All he's going to say to you is don't read into, don't read into it too much. And maybe sit down and think about how you're just talking about you, how he's not proving his love, how he hasn't told you he loved you, how he hasn't asked to see your boob, all the things you, 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 like, Angela, get a hobby. Like you try to do yoga, but maybe like, I don't know, go friggin', I don't know. You seem like you'd be more of like a shooting range 
type person or go take care of your thousand grandbabies. Like do something else because this ain't it, y'all. This ain't it. So <clears throat> she goes on to say um, to her lawyer who's like, you know, she tells me stuff that I don't care to know um, that he went on Instagram again, re-upped re his Instagram and she's asked him to take it down because she doesn't like it. She doesn't like the fact that he follows other people or women follow him. Cause again, she's super insecure and she's a narcissist and she's a control freak. And so he, a grown ass man can't have Instagram, can't have social media. He has to share social media with her so that she knows what exactly is going up. And plus she'll get all the attention. It's disgusting. You guys, it's uh, think about it. Just think about it. Think about your partner saying you can't have social media because they're so insecure about their own damn self. <sighs> My note says she's insecure as fuck and I'll stick to that. So she tells her lawyer that she's starting to think that he's a scammer. And then my note says, fuck off. The lawyer's like, well, you have to decide immediately, if not sooner, what it is you want to do. Because it's been two years, so his visa can come at any time. And, you know, we're close to the finish line. So if you're trying to pull this visa, you're going to need to tell me now. irritating to me all right enough about angela let's move on to jovi and yara uh gwen and myla so it's a little bit awkward you know they've been fighting with gwen i need them to all make up i'm glad they did they're gonna take a boat tour one of those river boat tours that looks super fun uh they haven't talked to gwen since the conflict that they had with her six months ago um, Jovi used to talk to his mom every day. Jovi, fix it. Talk to your mom because we love Mama Gwen. She's the best. Um, but he's like, you know, I want someone to be there for Yara and Jovi while he's at away at work all the time, right? And so he's at work for a month and he's home for a month. And while he's away, you know, Yara and Milo are by themselves. So he really wants his mom to step in, which you guys, like, I get that because, you know, you... It, take, it does take a village, but also Gwen has her own life. She raised her kids, right? And she says the same thing, like, I love being a grandma, but I'm no one's nanny. Like, I'm not going to sit there and just be someone's nanny all day, every day, which makes sense, right? You have to have, like, that happy balance. Now, the thing is, it's different with a lot of immigrants, right? Even African families are the same way, where your family is, like, so in your business when you have kids. Like, it's just a given, like your family's gonna come take care of the kids, they're gonna be there, they're gonna cook for you, they're gonna help clean, and it's just like a whole village, right? Which is it, what Yara is used to. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, hey, Linda, stopping in to say hello and also say, keep up the good work. You're doing a great job streaming. Well, thank you, Ronnie. Oh yeah, that too. So. Plus, she is three hours away. Um, so that makes it hard because also Yara doesn't drive. So Mama Gwen will always have to drive three hours to see them, right? So there's a lot of intricacies in this whole situation. So it is hard. So 
Gwen's take on the whole situation is one day she went to visit Yara and Jovi. Jovi got angry and said that she's not doing enough. And Mama Gwen was hurt by that and says Yara could have called her and they could have had a conversation about what her needs are, which absolutely makes sense, right? If you're unhappy about something, if you're feeling lonely, or if you're feeling like I'm I'm neglecting you, pick up the phone and let's have a conversation. Instead of just like going to your husband and talking shit and saying, I'm not being there for you, do that part, right? Because you guys are, they are good friends and, and Yara only has Gwen and they do actually really get along. So use your words. It, go, it all goes down to communication. Use your words. So then Gwen says, you know, Jovi really yelled at me and she's like, I don't even know what I did. Like, what did I do to deserve to be spoken to like that? Um, and Jovi's like, well, you know, I was getting a lot of pressure from Yara, you know, I'm gone for a month. She didn't see you that whole month. And the whole time I was gone, you weren't there for her. And he goes on to say, you know, Yara is a mom 24 hours a day and she's alone and she needs your help. And I was like, but Jovi, think about your mom. Your dad does the exact same job that you do. And your mom raised you. And I'm sure she had her family support. But like, you can't expect Gwen to take your place because she's been there, done that. She, she's done it. She knows how it is. And it takes two. Right? So if you're so worried about that, then have Yara reach out to her and let them come to a conclusion or a solution on their own. But you to just like have verbal diarrhea on your mom after you used to talk to her every day and all of a sudden she's this big bad witch, you know that that's not true. You know that's not true. So instead of like freaking out on her, have a conversation with her and come to the bottom of it. If not even that, have your wife have a conversation because your wife is the one that had the issue with her. Craziness, craziness. So Gwen's like, you know, I love being a grandma. I'm just not going to be anyone's nanny. And Yara says, you know, that's my mistake. I was thinking like how she grew up where, you know, I just explained it to you. It's different. A lot of immigrant families is different. Everyone's involved. And so she shouldn't have thought that that's exactly how it would be for her. Um, so they make up. They make up is basically it because it was a miscommunication because they didn't use their words. Yara was expecting Gwen to come over every day to be with the kids, to take care of the kids, to go somewhere with the kids and to just be there. Right. Cause that's what she's used to. That's what happens in Ukraine. And she realizes that Gwen would come over, you know, and they would have a visit with the baby. They'd go to a restaurant, they'd play for a little while and then Gwen would go home. And you have to also remember, Yara, that Gwen has her own family. She has her full-on husband. She has other kids besides Jovi. She's got a full-on life. And don't forget, you guys just went through that flood and all the things. They're rebuilding their home. So she's got, like, a full life as well. So for the simple fact that she can't come over and spend the month with you three hours away, like, let's just use our common sense, everybody. Hello. But anyways, they make up because Yara misses Gwen. Gwen misses Yara. Gwen also misses 
you know, her son. So they make up, which I think was a great thing. Um, but Yara also misses her mom, right? It's been three years since she's seen her mom and her family. And she wants to go to the Ukraine um, and spend time with, with her family. Gwen doesn't think it's great, great timing because of everything politically that's happening over there. And she would hate for them to get stuck over there. But Yara, you know, she's homesick. Her mom lives in the Czech Republic. So she's either going to go to Prague or to Ukraine to see her mom, depending on, you know, what the situation is, right? But she's waiting on a green card. And <clears throat> once that green card comes through, then she'll be able to travel. So Jovi comes home. He has a surprise for her. He's acting like super serious, but looks like they got their interview um, with, with USCIS. And once they have that interview and she passes it, then she'll get her green card. And from the green card, she'll be able to go home, see her mom, do all the things. And the thing is with those interviews, the couple has to go together and you have to like know things about each other. So they say, right? So Yara's laughing because she's like, I don't even know what your favorite color is, Jovi. I don't even know what your favorite food is. What's your favorite food? He's like chicken Parmesan. And she's like, what's my favorite food? And he's like salad. And she says, what's my favorite color? He's like pink. She's like, no, beige. I was like, beige? Beige is your favorite color? Okay. Maybe earth tones is what you're saying? No, beige. It's beige. <laughs> uh, so... She hasn't seen her mom since October of 2019. She goes to a little cafe to FaceTime with her mom to let her know, like, hey, guess what? I finally got my green card interview. I should be coming home shortly if all goes well. Um, and I was wondering, is this the first time we're seeing Yara's mom? Because I don't remember ever seeing her on any of the episodes. So help me out. If I've forgotten, let me know in the live chat or let me know if you're watching the replay below. But I feel like this is the first time we're seeing Yara's mom's face. Um, so they chit chat. They talk about, you know, when am I going to see you? And am I going to see you in Prague or Ukraine? Because Russia, you know, may be invading the Ukraine. And obviously when they filmed that, Russia hadn't, you know, attacked yet. Um, so it looks like she will be going to Prague because that war is still ongoing. Oh, shoot. I still have two. Well, it's not much. Nothing really happened anyway. So Ed and Liz, same argument. No one in their family wants them to be together. No one likes Ed. No one likes Liz. And yet they are soulmates and want to be together forever and want to get married. Um, and so he gets back from meeting his friend Richard. Richard is not for it. She's worried that Richard is going to continue to try to drive a wedge through the relationship. So she doesn't want Richard and Ed to be friends anymore. He's not going to be friends with Richard anymore because Liz is his priority. Um, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm just really not ready for Rich to come back into our lives. And Ed's like, yeah, I only want you, Liz. And I only need your love and your daughter's love and our dog's acceptance. And I was like, uh, 
for now, he says he's choosing his soulmate and Liz is a soulmate, even though they were at war last year and literally trying to destroy each other. And she literally uh, started that change.org petition to get him off TV. But apparently he went to therapy for six months and now he's better and she's better. And all of a sudden they're soulmates. <laughs> Do I sound non-convinced? Oh my God, I just... Okay, so one of the things I don't understand about Happily Ever After, what are the requirements for Happily Ever After? Because I always thought Happily After After, and I know I said this before, but I, I really need to understand it, and no one has explained it to me yet. So Happily Ever After to me was you first do before the 90 days, right? And that's where we meet you guys, you travel to each other's countries or whatever, and then everything works out and you guys propose to each other and you're all in love. And so then we meet you the next season in 90 Day Fiance where you actually get married, right? And then we see that whole situation go down in the season. And then after that, it's happily ever after, right? Because now we're going to see what your married life looks like. But like this season is just like a bunch of hoorahs doing whatever the hell. Like, how are y'all happily ever after? I, I mean, I don't even know. Like, Ed and Liz, Angela, Kimberly, like, how are you guys happily ever after? I don't get it. Please explain it to me. Anyways, it's the next day. Ed and Liz are meeting with her friend Barry, who is a Marine. Um, Ed asks what Semperfy means. He says always faithful, which I just thought was interesting for this whole, their whole situation and being faithful. I thought that that was an analogy to their relationship. He's known Liz for 14 years, her friend Barry. Um, seen her through a lot, seen her through a lot of crazy breakups, bad relationships, all the things, knows all the ins and outs of her and Ed's relationship. Ask Ed, you know, what makes this time of you guys getting back together different? Um, and Ed says, you know, he hasn't been in a serious relationship in 30 years. 30 years, y'all. Anyways. But he's serious about this. And why is he serious about it, you guys? Because he had to throw in that he bought Liz a new car and he just wants to be with her forever. So you explain this time being different by saying you bought her a car. So is she an investment? Is that what you're saying? Because that doesn't even explain anything to anyone. But you went to therapy for six months and you're better. And it's not about the material things. And it's not about anything else. It's about your, you being soulmates. But meanwhile, you guys can't even do a photo shoot together. Got it. So then, if you guys could see my arms, it's, it's the hairs going up on my arms. Because then he says, and we already know, and I'm not even going to go there, but you all know everything that anyone has ever said about Ed. Okay. So he says as he gets up that he needs to go potty. He has to go pee pee. What 56 year old grown man do you know that says that they have to go potty? They have to go pee pee. I'll wait. 56 year old man saying that? In front of some 20-somethings.
I'm just going to let you guys sit with that. I'm going to let you guys sit with that. That being said, uh, he goes to the bathroom and Liz tells Barry that, you know, things are a lot better. Trust me, this time around, he's changed. You know, he's made major strides in his his personality. Uh, she's happy with him now. He's not as jealous as he used to be. And she didn't expect to love him as much as she does love him. And she just wants to be with him. Great. So part of that is their, like, their relationship with their dogs, Leon and Leah. They had a whole segment that whatever... I don't care about. Then um, one of Liz's friends allegedly is a model and wanted to take some professional photos. So Liz, who wants to pick up hobbies that Ed has so they can share in, you know, couple stuff, uh, wants to pick up photography. And, you know, we've heard that Ed was a professional photographer. He tells us on this episode that uh, he has, I think, six, he said. Yeah, six cover photos to his name so he's like you know really successful in photography i guess uh so she wants to team up with him and learn photography so they go to shoot one of her friends and it just goes wrong she gets jealous liz gets jealous because liz thinks that Ed is flirting with the other woman, is spending too much time engaging with the other woman and not with Liz. And she's like, you should be teaching me more about the photography and less about talking to this beautiful woman. And it's just whatever. She, she freaks out. She starts fighting with Ed in front of the girl. It was very awkward for all of us. And then she walks away. And she's like, you know, I'm embarrassed to be fighting in front of her friend. But yet you still did it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you still did it. You could have saved all of that jealousy for later. Do you know what I mean? Like, what were you expecting? You're, you knew who your friend is. You know she's beautiful. You know who your, your fiancé. You know he's who he is. So what were you expecting to happen? He's going to take his camera. He's going to try to flirt because he needs the attention. She's going to, like, giggle and laugh because she's just doing her job. What? What did you expect to happen? He should not talk to her at all. Just turn right, turn left. No, there's going to be banter. Uh, I just I don't even get it. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Those two, those two are not going to last, period. They're not going to last. They're going to last as long as this season lasts. And then guess what? You're going to see, mark my words on social media, they're going to have some huge blow up. They're going to bring it to social media and it will be a wrap, but at least they had another season. Last, uh, Bilal and Shida, nothing really happened with them. They're still fighting. He's still angry with her about the fight that they had with his ex-wife. Um, so he's not talking to her. It's a snow day. So he's in bed. Uh, she's trying to make peace with him. So she brings in some tea. They talk about, you know, what happened and he's like, you know, what you did yet yesterday, you know, you shouldn't, I'm disappointed in you. You shouldn't let anyone take you out of character. Uh, you can't let people, you know, dictate your behavior. And I personally got to tell you that 
I'm not on Bilal's side, but I think Shida is wrong in this situation. I think she's taking it way over the top. I think she's holding on to something that she doesn't necessarily need to hold on to. I think for her, it's an insecurity and jealousy thing about being the second wife and not having a baby and the first wife having two of her husband's kids and she not feeling like she's on equal ground. That's what I think it's about because the way she's acting, like uh, Shahida came at her with aggression and rage, that just didn't happen. And and for the fact that Shida's holding on to it for so long, there's more to it. And what I think it is, again, is her insecurity about not being, not feeling like she's the number one wife because she doesn't have his babies. That's what I think it's about. Um, and so she goes on to say, well, you know, everyone has their limits and, you know, she's not going to be pushed around and she's dealing with a bully. And I was like, mm, Shahida's not really bullying you, in my opinion. I think that you're overreacting and should Bilal stand up for you because he's your husband? Absolutely. But I also get the fact that he has to maintain peace with his ex because that's the mother of his two children. So you're either going to come on board with it or you're going to have this little temper tantrum that you're continuing to have for what reason? It's just creating more issues with you and your relationship and it's not benefiting any anyone. So you sign the prenup, you agree to the prenup, you're going to wait till you're 40 or at least when you're 40 to have a baby. If that, I saw the preview where you're already pushing baby down his throat and he ain't having it. So we'll see. Although rumor on the street is that she's already pregnant, you guys. Spoiler alert. If you haven't heard that rumor, that's the that's the word on the street is that she actually indeed is pregnant. All right, guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for the lively live chat. I know I couldn't get, I can't get into the live chat too much because you guys are so funny. It distracts me. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, I'll see you guys all tomorrow. I have 90 Day Fiance UK to cover. I also have um, The Single Life to cover. I'll probably do that on Wednesday. And uh, tomorrow at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time, don't forget to see my exclusive interview from with Danielle from 90 Day Fiance, um, Love in Paradise. Bye for now, you guys.